0: Get the duck boats ready! Get the duck boats ready! We got
1: the cup! Black and yellow, duck and yellow! You want to talk about a team, this is a team. You guys wanted it, we got it. Let's have some fun. Cue the memories, presented by Bud Light. What's up everyone and welcome in to another episode of Cue the Memories presented by Bud Light. We continue to remember the 2011 Boston Bruins. Andrew Ference, it's like you guys won the
2: cup or something. Russo, this is going good and, and I listened to our second episode uh, just recently and man, we sounded so much better. We predicted we would, but we're starting to get professional here. We should put this out. It's like we
1: know what we're doing.
2: So there's a lot of love yesterday as we record this. uh, One of my old teammates, Milan Lucic, played his 1,000th game. Um, You know, I see all these old clips and pictures from from the Bruins' uh, Instagram page. And uh, I'm just loving this. The nostalgia lane is, is hot and heavy right now and uh and we got another great guest today
1: yes we do rich peverly uh Farrah, i know we've talked about this so far in a few of the episodes but it, it just seemed like everybody had their moment at some point along the way and what i remember about rich was game four against the canucks filling in on that top line for nathan horton and scoring two goals He he just came right in and did the job and i think that's That's what that team was all about, right? Everybody had their moment. Everybody stepped up when they needed to.
2: You you picked a really uh, non-obvious one there, didn't you, Russo? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, these
1: are the things that I remember, Fair. These are the things that stick in my mind, those big moments.
2: Yeah, That's all right. I mean, I guess I'm the one that's supposed to have a little bit more insight because uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff, huh? Yeah,
1: you have the behind-the-scenes, yeah.
2: Well, I, I, I feel like I'm a bit repetitive because I'm like, man, this guy was so nice. I said that for McQuaid, I said that for Kel. Secretly, Kels isn't that nice. He, he's pretty nice, but he, he, <laughs> he, he would he would be, like I said, the first to carve us and all that. But but I was thinking, yeah, Pevs is great. Awesome family. Um, I know our, our wives really really got along well and... Um, but you know what I really st- um, stood out for me with Pevs, especially amongst our team, was just how good he was. He was talented, incredible hands, really good passer, um, patient. Um, for those that 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 might not have noticed, like I didn't really stay in the NHL because of my hands, <laughs> <or> because of <laughs> some raw talent. Don't sell yourself short. Oh no, trust me, I, I I'm selling myself appropriately. But so I always had a really massive appreciation for. Um, Guys that just had so much patience with the puck, you know, didn't mind handling it, didn't mind having it on their stick. Um, You know, just just the vision to make, you know, make the patient play and just incredible passing. Um, When Pevs came to us uh, first few practices, he's got these quick hands, right? So on defense, like, you are you know, we were kind of meat and and potatoes kind of team, you know, dump it in, big four check, hit. Um, He brought a lot of talent to our team, uh, a lot. And and so his first few practices, like – it, it was catching us off guard because we weren't, re- weren't ready for the talent, right? <laughs> so he just, uh, you know, threading passes between, you know, between your sticking legs and uh, dangling you and having that extra second of patience. I mean, uh, incredible skill level. And, uh, you know, that really does stand out amongst that team. Is, is uh, I, I know we had good, good players and we had, you know, no shortage of talent. But, uh, but amongst that group, he, he was uh, definitely at the top.
1: So, see, we remember sort of the same thing, the skill. The skill stands out. The two goals in, in game four. Same, same deal.
2: You like the game highlights. I, I'm, I'm talking about practice. <laughs> We're talking about practice.
1: <laughs> well, we'll talk to, to Rich Pepperly about all of it coming up on Cue the Memories, presented by Bud Light. Cue the Memories, brought to you by Bud Light. Score exclusive merch and more at BudLightLegends.com and we're back on cue the memories presented by bud light we welcome in another member of the 2011 boston bruins this episode's guest is rich Peverly. hi rich thanks for joining us thanks for having me really appreciate it
2: hey rich how's it going buddy
0: it's always great to hear your voice buddy I, i i miss uh i miss all the crew and you know we do a good job of staying in touch which has been uh Probably in thanks to the Bruins putting that uh, Zoom together last spring, but kind of rekindled all our all our relationships. It's nice to hear and and see everybody so so much lately.
2: It it has been great. Uh, I will I will give you a hard time. Um, luch put out a 19 person facetime call the other night you, you didn't pick up you know maybe you're in the woods somewhere in ontario so you didn't have reception so maybe i'll give you a pass but uh I'm, I'm gonna call you out on it that was we're missing you yeah
0: i i normally pick those ones up but your your guys' time change and uh my 6 a.m wake up <laughs> call with my kids uh kind of, kind of stuck a dagger in that one
2: yeah, no, I actually I actually would be shocked if anybody on the East Coast answers his calls uh, at the time they come in. I'm lucky I'm out here in the West. Actually, Roberto Luongo would be proud because I just pumped your tires for a few minutes there on the intro. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I, I did say that for you, you stood out amongst us as just incredibly talented. Like, I know it's probably hard for you to say, um, but you came in and you just dangle. You got fast hands, fast feet, great passing. Um, obviously like a top-line guy, right? And, and so I know kids do it all, all the time now. They got all the toys on the ice where they try to like, you know, dangle between the little plastic sticks and around all the obstacles and all this kind of stuff. I wasn't very good at that kind of stuff ever. I, I was like dump and chase off the glass, you know, make the odd good pass. But um, I, it actually goes back to the start of my career. A quick little side story. Uh, an old teammate of ours, Jarmer Yager I played with him in Pittsburgh. And one of my very first games in the NHL, Yags came up to me in between intermission. He's like, "Andy, I, won- I won't even try the good Czech Czech accent." But he goes, "Andy, you don't hold on to the puck. You pass me the puck." And I was like, "Yeah, but Yags, you got three guys on you." He's like, "Andy, still the better option." <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I see talented guys like Rich, man, I, it blows my mind. And and especially in practice when you see you know what they can do. But like, how did that? How did you do that, man? Like, did you grow up just? dangling street hockey in the basement uh how do you get hands like that uh
0: i spent a lot of time in 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 the driveway like most canadians or most americans do i just uh i always enjoyed stick handling i still do it i go out and do it right like every day i go out and stick handle and i don't you know i was never drafted or anything like that and you needed to find ways to improve. And I was always, even as a kid, I just, I'd be playing mini sticks and always be playing something. And it wasn't always hockey, right. It, you know, baseball or basketball, or I just love sports. And, you know, maybe it's, it's a little bit of God given talent, but at the same time, my parents didn't play sports either. So, um, you know, that's just something I worked on and and I enjoyed working on. it. It wasn't something I, my parents said, you're going to go do skill work with this girls coach. I'm like, okay, I probably would have got sick of it, to be honest with you. I just like the creativity of the going out on the driveway and doing whatever you wanted.
2: You just kind of casually uh, breezed over the fact that you're undrafted. I know this is like about reminiscing about the Stanley Cup and, and all that, but, man, that is hard, like really hard to, to get your foot in the door in the NHL, even if you're a high draft pick. But what was your journey? I mean, to, 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 to crack a roster – there's no shortage of, of kids that dream of of playing in the NHL, let alone lifting the cup. Um, but to but to go, yeah, from from playing as a youth up to the NHL, like, how did you make it? Like, what? How come you made it and somebody else didn't?
0: Well, that's a great question. I, I think a lot of it's opportunity, um, but I think yeah, I had a lot of coaches along the way that uh, kind of gave me the a little bit of a path where you know you're not going to be a top six. I. I listen, I, you're very nice and you say, I got top six talent, but at the end of the day, I was probably better if I was on your bottom six. So I think, uh, you know, I didn't have the talent as a, as an Ovechkin or anything like that, but I had some talent and I had coaches that, you know, I remember I coached in Milwaukee and then, uh, Claude Noel and and Lane Lambert, who said to me, like, if you want to play in the NHL, you're going to have to work on your on your defensive side of the game, your, your face-offs. And that was something that I I really took to heart and I'm lucky. Like I went to Nashville and signed in their, their minor league team, but they gave me an opportunity, which they did. And there's only a handful Fewer teams that that will give that opportunity to undrafted players a lot of guys they'll push their prospects as much as possible but you know I was lucky that uh you know that whole organization Barry Trotz gave me a chance you know if it wasn't for them to get my foot in the door I probably would have been in Europe probably playing and may, maybe still playing who knows I don't know but uh you know I wanted to just play hockey and and I was willing to do whatever whatever I had to do to, to play more at the next level to be honest with you and you know I'm not a not a fighter but I, I can try to a little bit of a harder game if i needed to and you know you got to be able to be a you know a swiss army knife type player if you want to have a chance i think and i think it's good for everybody these days to be a twitter player
2: and so what are you up to now what's what's uh in in your life i know you have young kids they're in school you you know you're uh you got a great family like i, I said that as well i know uh when you guys came in i know our wives got along real well so uh what's what's going on in the peverly house
0: uh we're back home in guelph uh I kids are in school. I got three kids. Uh, your family's great. Obviously your two girls were, were very nice to, to my kids. And you know, it's just, uh, I work now for the Dallas stars and player development and I've uh, been doing that now for six years. Uh, I love working with the young guys. Uh, I think my path of not being drafted is it, it helps give some of these kids perspective that, you know, even though you're a first or second round pick, you got to be pushed and you got to know that there's guys coming up behind you, that you got to, you know, just when you get drafted, doesn't mean you're making it. When you sign a contract, doesn't mean you're making it. It's, uh, you
1: know, there's work along the way, and and you got to help guide these kids. What is it about that team? It feels like either you're still playing or you're still working in in the NHL or for a team. What what was what was it about that group that that everyone is kind of still involved in in the NHL?
0: Wow, you know, I I think it really hit home last year, or it would have been almost two years ago now in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, we all went back for Game One in Boston against St. St. Louis, and you, know, you look at everybody, and it doesn't look like anybody stopped playing. Everybody's in great shape, and uh, they're still motivated. And I think that's the biggest thing: is you had personalities on on that group that they wanted to be successful. They wanted to do other things in their lives that made them successful, and they were motivated people, and you know, motivated in all aspects of life. You know, is it's keeping yourself in good shape, being a healthy person. Um, am I surprised that you know some of these guys are still playing? Not at all. Uh, some phenomenal athletes and great human beings, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like, for me in hockey, like, uh, you know, Andrew can probably speak to this too. I, 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 I want to win, and and being in the Bruins made me just have that eagerness to want to win more. And that's why I'm in this in hockey still, is you know, I want to be a part of an organization that has a chance to win the Stanley Cup, and uh. I'm motivated by that. And I think, you know, other guys that are in the business or are in the same boat, they're motivated by something and, and it, it drives them and it pushes them.
2: And you know, it'd be an interesting stat and I'm sure somebody's done it, but uh, I was thinking about this the other day too. And to your point of like, you know, guys stayed in shape and, you know, Luch getting his thousandth uh, uh, last night as we record this, uh, it would be really interesting to see what was the average career length of, of you know, different Stanley cup winning teams versus, you know, your average team. The average guy that makes it to the NHL, I think, plays you know two or three years if you're lucky. You know, if you get over a hump, I think that average you know bumps up to maybe four years or something like that. But you know, it's short. And we had a lot of guys on that team, you know, play a lot of games. Uh, and that's not even to mention, yeah, player development roles, management roles. Um, you know, we talked about this a, a bit. You know, I guess uh, sometimes when the coach says it or when an older vet says it, maybe it doesn't you know, ring true for a young guy. But if you dedicate yourself to a team environment and sacrifice maybe a few points, you know, for the team and you make long playoff runs and, and you, you know, you're fortunate like we were to win a Stanley Cup, it opens up a, like a vast array of opportunities, not only for extra contracts on your career, uh, but for that life after hockey, right? Because people want to learn from winners. And, and that kind of environment where the coach is preaching it, your veterans are preaching it, and the young guys are buying in. Um, man, like we just really did put that together because it is true. It's not a cliche, right? You give up a lot of uh, personal success and dedicate it to the team, and it pays off, uh, you know, tenfold uh, for the rest of your life. I
0: I, I I totally agree. And I think to your point of everybody being motivated, wanting to be on the right team, it's uh, the personalities that we had were all, I, I say they're motivated, but they were all great people. And as you mentioned at the start of this podcast, it's, uh everyone was a great person willing to adjust to the team concept and uh I think to be a winner you have to have that and you don't have one guy going out there to get x amount of points and certain accolades it's you know what can we do as a team and um listen I don't think I win a Stanley Cup if I don't go if I go somewhere else you know like I wasn't uh the x factor of, of a team but I feel almost uh, in so much debt to everybody else on that team because they helped me win a Stanley Cup and, and and get that triumph in our in my career. And I just feel like we had such great personalities that were willing to adjust and do whatever we needed to do to win.
2: Well, yeah, a lot of a lot of really good ingredients for sure. Um, you were a good little spice though to add to that mix. So I was <laughs> I was good. Do you do you remember? Like I have a horrible memory. I can't remember. You know, like certain games or timelines and all that but like do you remember what was your first game when you got traded to, uh, to to us before that uh before that run
0: uh i think it was in uh calgary i got traded i was in phoenix uh, with Atlanta, and uh, I, I got made my way to Boston, and I think you guys were about to go on that Western road trip, got one practice in, got on the plane, we went out did that Western road trip, uh, first game was in Calgary, I think second game was in Vancouver, and then third game was in Edmonton, and uh, obviously I think we swept out there, we won six in a row on that road trip, and it was a fantastic way to start my, my time as a Bruin, because uh, we really gelled and, and came together as a group.
1: I asked, uh, I asked Kels this too, Rich, did you know right away when you came in during that trip, like, or right before that trip, this is a special group. I can tell why this team is looking to go on a long run. Did you see it right away?
0: Yeah, no doubt. Like, um, you know, you had you had the, the fantastic defense corps. You had the goaltending, two great goalies. Uh, the top two lines were outstanding. Uh, I'll tell you, I grew a lot taller when I saw those players in front of me. The Lou cheeches, the Hortons, and... Uh, even the guys in the back end they just you know you made yourself play a little bit harder a little heavier a little dirtier if you had to because you had those guys to back you up and um, everyone was just so close as a group right away and but you see the talent and you know you've been on teams before where you know you got a lot of talent and you might not win and you try to figure out the right combination or right right magic potion but Sometimes it's uh, you need a little luck, but at the same time you need everyone to come together and, and contribute in many ways, like like Andrew is is reiterating.
2: So we had uh, obviously that like, was like, a really good Western swing. I think that's first time the Bruins swept like I don't know in a long time. Like I said, I'm bad with stats and memories, but uh, but what a win! You should have asked Luch. Yeah. You asked Luch. You should asked Luch. would. I had. will. You know.
0: Yeah, Luch knows it.
2: We should we should have Luch as like a cocoa, You know, because he would just do like all our facts like on the spot. Um, anyways. Uh, <laughs> So, so you come in, obviously, was that your first time in the playoffs when we made it? No, I
0: played uh, one round with Nashville in okay. 2008.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you score any goals with Nashville? No. So your first playoff no. goal was with the Bruins? Yes. Do you, do you remember the feeling? What did that feel like?
0: I felt like I got Johnny on the spot is what it was. (laughs) I
2: don't know if I could have missed Gary Bryce shot right
0: into me and I just had to put it in net. But, uh, Oh
2: yeah, that's right.
0: I think I went through some, the Nesson, uh, did a, did an annual tribute, which we were all on. I I felt like that game, we weren't playing very well as a line and, um, you know, ride scored, I think, uh, early in the second or late in the second. Uh, I think I might be mixing up my games, but, you know, we ended up scoring and, and going into Montreal down to nothing and be able to score a goal. And end up, uh, I think that ended up being the game winner that night. So, you know, just to be able to to score in Montreal and, and kind of get the ball rolling because, uh, you know, once we got going, we were, we were pretty unstoppable.
2: Yeah, okay, So those are some massive goals. Uh, that was a big game. I was thinking that was the same game that I that gave the, the bird to the fans.
0: I think that was game four, of the bird game three, I scored, I think, yeah,
2: those games, those games like are like melded as one in my memory. Um, just because we yeah. were down two and we had to win both. And I know, like you know, Lake Placid's talk about a lot and the break in between, but, um, you know, those those two games are just melded into each other uh, for myself because it was do or die. And you guys came up huge. I know Kell's touched on it earlier, and he said like, uh, you guys were all like, I mean, I guess that's the other thing about that that group is like guys are accountable. And he said that Claude like wouldn't play you guys, and you guys missed a couple shifts, I think. And and it wasn't yeah. like one of those like, all right, time to like get the lip and drag it on the ice and pow it around the locker room. It was like you guys looked at each other and said like, no, like let's like let's pull our our weight here. Like do you, do you remember Kells or you or uh, or. or I uh, probably brought rides, rides is probably, <laughs> yeah. probably just like, I right, buy, yeah, let's go harder by. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. The thing about rides though, man, he, he doesn't say it, but he will step up at the right time. And yeah, I do remember specifically great game four. I think, uh, Brent Sopel or someone scored in the first and, uh, I was defending down low and didn't do a great job. And I don't think we had a very good first at all. And Claude came in and ripped us and, you know, we looked at each other and, and I remember Kels specifically, and like you know when he was getting his game face on, it was uh, it was scary. So uh, yeah, we 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 pulled up our up our socks, and you know I obviously I think Ride started that was game game four. He came down, put a top shelf in the second, and then uh, you know obviously Kels scoring uh, to tie of the game. I think that was the game that you scored and flipped the bird there in in game four, and then obviously Ride scored in the the overtime winner in game four. Hey, it, okay, it's imagine we don't score in that in that moment you know, where where are we where where did we win like did we move on so oh man you know, i told i told Kels was, in just, our conversation yeah.
2: like you saved our team like that team's getting blown up if your line doesn't come through <laughs> in those two games
0: well yeah i was lucky we did hopefully someone else would have if we didn't but you know yeah i i, I wasn't around for the history of, of the past uh losses in, in rounds but you know, I, you could feel the pressure. You could feel the pressure on the whole organization if we didn't come out of there uh, with a win over Montreal. And, uh, and going down 3-1 or even, you know, 2 3 nothing going it's a big hill to climb. So I think, you know, obviously Tim Thomas always, we probably don't talk about him enough right now, but he was stood on his head that game. He was outstanding.
2: Yeah, Russo, you were pretty young back then. So you probably, you know, had your root beer float watching at home. Like, what do you do? You remember, like, just going nuts, or were you watching with friends, or what was it like? Uh, uh, you weren't, you weren't doubting us after games one and two, were you? I,
1: I was nervous. I was nervous. I will admit, but I was, uh, I was actually in Washington D.C. on a on a trip uh, for school break, and I couldn't see the game, in Montreal, game three. So I had no idea what was happening, and I was following along on my phone. I think at that time, just praying that you guys would win that that game three and, and keep it going. But yes, I was a little nervous. I must, I must admit, but you guys proved me wrong for sure.
2: You know, to Russo's memory of you, like, holy crap, man, like you stepped up huge in the cup finals. And, and obviously it's under circumstances that, you know, nobody wants, but that almost makes it more impressive because I just remember how emotional that was for all of us. You see, you know, you see Horde go down, you, you know, but, but to be thrust in that position, like, Wow. Like kudos to you, man. That was, that's a tough, tough job to fill. And you didn't just fill it. You like excelled and, and really just, I don't know, man, it's hard to put words to, but like, were you nervous? It just sure didn't show.
0: Uh, I, I don't, yeah, I was probably pretty nervous. I think uh, Claude came and talked to me a little bit before game, game four and said, I'd probably be filling in. And to be honest, I felt quite comfortable uh, because, you know, I started the, series in, in Montreal, playing with Kels and Ryder. Uh, Bergie gets hurt, again, in the Philly series. Uh, now I move on to his line. Um, he comes back. I uh, Tyler Sagan goes on a rampage. I moved down with Soupy and Paisy, played on their line for a couple games, So uh, and then get thrusted up from the fourth line. I went to the third line, to the second line, to the fourth line, up to the first line in, in, in the Stanley Cup Finals. So, you know, I I prided myself on being a guy that, you know, could fit in anywhere and just try to, you know, David Krejci a tremendous uh, skilled player and obviously still playing. And I don't think Luch has given enough credit for how skilled he is. Uh, he's, a, he's a mean individual, but uh, he created a lot of room for players. But he was a very, very skilled, a high hockey IQ, an easy guy to play with. And, you know, when I went in with those guys, it's like, OK, just play my game, be energy, try to be a smart player and give that, give the puck to those guys. And, you know, just try to bring speed. And, and I think, you know, I was nervous, but at the same time, you know, you just try to go out and let's say I got a little lucky too. I, I'll never forget scoring that goal on Roberto Longo and I probably could have went back and just tapped it in, but it found a way through his five hole and thank God it did.
2: Yeah. No, what a great lesson too, for the guys that you're developing as well, right. To the ability to, play left side right side center like i'll play anything just let me play right and and, and such a great way to have a, a really long career and just be such a valuable uh a valuable part of the team especially for a coach right the ability for a coach to kind of take your name and put it wherever and know that he's going to get like a solid player like ugh. so i have a uh i haven't done like artifacts every every episode <laughs> but i did grab this because i know that you probably have one of these so this is a uh, stanley cup final puck and when you score a goal, you get the puck. So do you start your pucks? Like you, you must. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, got all, you probably have yours all you nicely have, framed and stuff, though, huh? <laughs> no, no, no.
0: I don't have them on me. They're back at my other at my house, but uh, at my cottage. But that's uh, is that game six or is that uh, this is game, game six. Three? So you did score game three.
2: Yeah. Yeah. This is this one's game six. Okay. Uh this one got this one got Luongo pulled. They said if Ferenc can score. Let's get them, get him them the hell out of there. Like so yeah, that's
0: uh <laughs> I remember that one. I remember that one. That, that was
2: my uh that was my I have to, I have the other one somewhere around. So what's that like though? Like uh you know, obviously the first first goal in Montreal, you get uh uh you know, it gets shot into your glove, you put it in. Um but nobody's like going crazy for you. But you score at home in the cup finals. Like it was how was the adrenaline there for yeah
0: Oh it was uh you know, obviously, you know, another do or die situation that we kind of felt like. And, you know, as we uh, started game three and we just blew them out of the water in the first period, and, you know, I think we kind of felt kind of be able to cruise on the rest of the game. You know, there were some emotions going, but to get that first goal really early again. Actually, I think Marshy might have scored the first goal. I can't remember, but, um, you know, to get ahead early again on the wall goal, it just kind of, uh, you know, take the sailor take the wind out of their sails. Is just kind of, you know, I felt like we were going to get going again and that's exactly what we did. And we just kept, kept it rolling.
1: Going back to to game four, when you score the two goals and then to have Horty come in after the game, after what had happened in, in game three and present you uh, the jacket, what was that like? How, how emotional was that to, to see him come in and then on top of it for you to, to get the jacket from, from that game? Incredibly emotional. Yeah. Uh, I bet you it wasn't just
0: emotional for me you know even though i was the recipient of, of of the jacket i think to everyone just to see i think that's the first time we we actually saw him in person um you know a lot of these guys had a long history with maybe not a long history i would gotten to you know nathan over the course of the year and i'd come in halfway through but to my point is that we were such a close team that i i felt like these guys were my brothers right away and you know, to be able to see Nathan see that he was doing well, and you know, I, I think him presenting me was a was a probably one of the most you know, emotional and um, amazing accolades that I could have gotten in my career. You know, winning the Stanley Cup is big, but when a, a, a teammate comes in and get and gives you, you know, like an an award for stepping up is, is something that I always remember. But you know, I just at the same time, you know, I think all of us were just happy to see him and kind of just praying that he was okay and doing well. And that's the most important thing in life.
2: Dude, you remember when we were sitting there and he's waving the towel, getting the crowd all fired up? Oh, my God. Like, that's one of my favorite memories from all the playoffs. Like, I had goosebumps. I was like – it was getting dusty. I was yeah. on the bench. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it, was like, it was for real, man. Like, because, yeah, you know, you love the guy, right? And, and uh, um, you know, a lot of us had seen Bergy, Bergy go through concussion stuff and we just knew, you know, how – how bad it was, you know, Savard, like, God, like you see, you see some of your buddies, you know, get hurt like that. So, um, yeah, to see him kind of, uh, you know, up and at him, see him in the room. Yeah. That was, that was heavy stuff. It was for real. That was, that was, uh, great memories, but at the time, Holy smokes, uh, pretty emotional stuff.
0: Yeah. I I remember the towel waving and I was just, you know, you kind of take a deep breath, like you said, and uh, you're fighting off the tears because you know we had all those emotional, you know captain flag bearers or whatever you know you have Bobby Orr and you have Cam Neely come in and some of the Bruins greats but then when you see a guy who's you know obviously been hurt the game before and he was able to come and, and be there and just wow to that ever jump make you get a jump in your step and and want to pull off for him and uh you know we all love Nathan and and we joke we joke with him all the time and guys are still joking with him but you know he's a guy that I know would do anything for any of us
2: yeah 100 percent so Pevs, we get to game seven of the Stanley cup finals, like crazy town. Uh, you know, it doesn't happen to too many people in, in the NHL ever. Um, do, do you remember trying to sleep the night before? Do you remember what you did that morning? Like how you're feeling? Uh, does any of that, <laughs> I mean, for me, man, I, I remember like, I have a bad memory. I remember almost every minute. Of
0: yeah. That. I remember. I, I think you could, you could feel the tension in the city. Um, you know, I, I like to go for a, like, it was an afternoon game, five o'clock game, uh, eight Eastern. So, you know, I, I tried to change up my routine a little bit cause we hadn't won a game yet. So I remember getting up early, a little extra early and, and just getting something like a lighter meal in me and just going for a walk along the, along the shoreline there in, in Vancouver. And my, I, I went with a couple of guys, I think it might've soup and a couple other guys. And, um, you know, I just remember, like, everybody, once we finally got to the room that day, I just remember the confidence, like, you know, for myself, you know, like you said, this is really my first long playoff run, and um, yourself, you'd been in a game seven with Calgary, and, and Rex had won some cups, and, you know, we had some guys that played some pretty big games, but at the same time, that year, we won a game seven against Montreal, we won a game seven against Tampa, you know we kind of been through that game seven but i just i just felt like the confidence was there like i um, even though we hadn't won a game there i just felt like we were confident and obviously the the water on the bringing the bruins uh the the garden ice was awesome like it obviously gave us a big jump but i just i I was sitting beside mark recce and i was just like the guy was full of confidence knew that we could do it and you know, I, I, I'm i a stupid stat guy, I like Luch a little bit, but I remember saying, uh, saying to, to Rex, I was like, you know, the past X amount of Stanley Cup champions had come, had played in Europe that year. Did you know that X amount of champions in the last three or four years had won on the road? So, and he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, he just blew up even more confident. So I was just like, you know, again, Luch, I would reminisce about stupid stats all day, but, um, you know that just the confidence in the room was something that I'll never forget. And uh, you know that first goal, getting that first goal that we did, uh, you could see the amount of pressure put on the Vancouver Canucks because the city and everybody was just the whole of Canada was behind them because they can't had won a cup in so long, still haven't. And you know, for us to get that confidence, get it early, I think it just kind of jumped us to. Uh, made Us ready for like to keep going.
2: Oh, come on, we all know that a lot of Canada was cheering for us.
0: That's true, <laughs> that's true,
2: that's true. <laughs> they weren't the no. most likable team, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's, a side, that's a side conversation. Yep. So, who was uh, who was in the stands? Did you have anybody? Did you like tell everybody to stay home? Um, because I don't know, like, I don't want to jump to that before we get over how you felt, but uh uh yeah like who was there
0: yeah my parents were there my sister was there and uh and, and my my wife natalie was there it was uh they got down to boston and uh got on the charter and and over with the went over to vancouver with the rest of the group and you know just having those your family members there i know you know you had some family members i remember some people were able to fly some people in and you know, you could just see the excitement amongst their faces It's like, well, us not bring all these people here and not, not finish us off. It was, uh, no, that was a great experience. Like, you know, my dad has since passed away, he passed away in 2015 and, um, you know, I was able to have him there and, and have my parents there, but most importantly, my wife there that supported me as well. And, uh, it was just a, you know, something that when you're celebrating in the room, it's just a, a amazing feeling,
2: you know, and that's a, it's a funny thing. Like, for me, the childhood dream is lifting the cup, right? Like, you see it every year, this and that. But that was actually one one unexpected thing. Like, only my wife was there. My parents actually stayed home um, because they, they came down for that Game 7 against Tampa. So, it was going to be bad luck if they came again, you know. We're not superstitious or anything. Uh, but so, only, only Krista was there. But the thing I didn't expect, you know, to feel was that rush of emotion of seeing yeah. everybody's families. You know? You always dream of, like, lifting the cup yourself and, like this and that but like when those aim but when the doors opened and you see yeah the dads and the moms and the sisters like wow like that was a powerful moment like it felt so cool to just yeah see everybody's eyes light up and people have been crying and hugging and all that kind of stuff but um, that was a really special moment for me. Do you do you remember like was it your your dad that came and gave you a big embrace, or do you remember like any like any uh, really big deep thoughts amongst each other? or Was it just like hooting and hollering? Uh,
0: no, I think it was a little bit of both. Like I think there's the hooting and hollering to start, and then you're really thinking like, geez, like you know, for myself especially not getting drafted, I didn't think I'd play in the NHL, and that this is what 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 it's come to. And like I said, I felt got like just blessed to be able to be able to be in that opportunity and. Um, you know, you just get emotional thinking about it now just to be able to have that moment again and, and be able to relive that moment. But, uh, just a fantastic experience and, and just so much emotion in it that, you know, I'll never be able to explain
2: it. And did you properly uh, do your day with a cup when you got to take out your, um, I mean, did you take it home or what? Did yeah. You yeah. It? We, you we took
0: it? it home to Guelph and, uh, able to show all the people around Guelph. like I opened it up, uh, where I could have fans come in and take photos and and sign autographs. And and that was a lot of fun. And then just the party afterwards with all my friends and, you know, you even see their emotion on their face where they're, you know, they'll never touch a cup unless they go to the hockey hall of fame. So uh, for us to be able to party with it and drink with it and, uh, you know, just, I, we had a great band. that's a good cover band in Guelph that good friends of mine. And, you know, that makes it a little more fun. And it was, uh, Something I'll never forget. Such a fantastic experience. Great party.
2: Did you make some Jello in it, or eat cereal, or was it just straight like champagne?
0: Oh no, it was like Fruit Loops with my daughter in the morning first, and uh, oh that, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh that's yeah. awesome. I had to do that, and then yeah, it was lots, of, lots of drinking after that—champagne, beer, whatever you can get in there.
1: Speaking of uh, lots of drinking, we've been asking everybody this, Rich. Uh, the night at Foxwoods, after you guys won. Uh, that long list of of alcohol on that receipt. Who was drinking all the Bud Lights? It's, it's a it's a vague vague memory that <laughs> night. I don't have much to tell you.
2: So you mixed up your morning on the on the night of the or the morning of the game seven. Um, so were there any heavy superstitions? Kells gave us a weird one last week. He said that he had to drink Fiji water, um, and he was like roaming around philadelphia trying to find like a convenience store that sold fiji oh wow like, it had to be that like it was, there's some weird there's some weird ones out there are you one of those no guys? i
0: didn't have any crazy superstitions uh i didn't i like changing it up i i thought it was kept me fresh and talk about Kels, he had everything folded perfectly in his stall like <laughs> he used to make me laugh because <laughs> he have everything folded and his, his necktie done properly and oh yeah there were some guys with some good some good superstitious uh superstitions but no i didn't have anything crazy nothing nothing too serious maybe a glass of wine the night
1: before the
2: game that's a good superstition that's one rex could get behind all right
1: yeah i think i think rex influenced that one what about an unsung moment uh from the run maybe something that's that's not so obvious that sticks out to you from from that run unsung
0: moment uh probably a guy that doesn't get enough we're talking about On some individuals or moments, I I can't say one specific moment, but one guy I think that was such an incredible piece was Adam McQuaid and Andrew Ferretz on that pairing. And I'm not saying that because they're there. I think Char, I think Zadino and and Sides got a lot of uh, accolades for their shutdown pair. And you know Johnny and and Thomas, but I I don't think people realize how good our defense was. We talk about the forwards and the scoring, but we were a hard team to play against. And that kid stemmed right from the defense, you know, all three, six pairs were, were hard. You know, I, I think we were a hard team to play against and I, you know, Adam McQuaid and, and, and Andrew, William, you are, when they're on your third pair, uh, you know, that 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 is not fun for anybody. You can put them up against any of the top lines. And I just don't think our defense got enough credit for how really good they were up
1: and down the lineup.
2: That's a really good answer.
1: I knew you'd like that. I think we have to end it there with the compliment for fair, no? Yeah.
2: I mean... <sighs> Yeah. He didn't say anything about my good hands, so we know he's telling the truth.
0: You don't have to have good hands to score goals, and you scored plenty in the playoffs, so <laughs> doesn't matter.
2: Pevs, it's an absolute pleasure, man. Please pass along the best to your family. It's really good to see your face. You
0: know, whoever you got on next, tell them I say hi because I love talking to all the guys. I, I, I'm going to probably go through and listen to all these because it's so fun going down memory lane. And You know, Luch is obviously a guy that everyone. I feel like he's the glue right now. He keeps everyone kind of together. and You know, I miss, I miss everybody. I miss you guys. And uh, I can't wait to be able to enjoy uh, time together again.
2: Yeah, well, you'll, you'll get, uh, you'll get a FaceTime call, I'm sure.
0: Well, make sure it's a weekend next time, not a Monday night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All, right. All right, buddy. Appreciate you taking the time. We'll be back to wrap up another episode of Cue the Memories presented by Bud Light right after this. The Pro Shop, powered by 47 at the Hub on Causeway, is Bruins fans' one-stop shop to gear up for hockey season. Find the largest selection of authentic jerseys in the city, the latest in Bruins headwear from brands like 47, and even more exclusive black and gold merchandise. Visit the Pro Shop during your next visit to TD Garden or shop online anytime at bostonproshop.com. And we're back to wrap up this episode of Cue the Memories, presented by Bud Lightfair. You know, something that really sticks in my memory here from that interview is just the emotion, uh, even as he was talking about it when he saw Horty come in after Game 4, the Cup Final, and then present uh, him the jacket. Like... That still like hits me like that that emotion like that everybody felt the fans you guys everybody in in those you know couple weeks like it's still it's it's still here when you're remembering it now uh, and for him to to sort of say it again that that's really sticking with me from from this from this episode.
2: Well, and it stands out as a moment too. I know we we touched on it with Adam when we talked to him just about how during playoffs you shut your emotions off, right? And and, and so those those are moments that are few and far between and stuff that you actually don't open yourself up to, like on purpose, right? And so to have, uh, yeah, Horty come in and, and it's, you know, hand over the jacket and it's like, oh my God, it's the first time we've seen him. It's that, those little moments of vulnerability that you're, you know, actively trying to stop, but, you know, for a brief moment, uh, you just kind of let it happen, right? And so it, I think it almost makes it more amplified. So you're bang on, man. It's like, It was a... Uh, definitely one that's you know sticks you know sticks in the brain and and uh you know you get all the feels for it for sure but it but but for the fact that it was emotional but just so rare you know for for a run like that where you're just turning everything off you know guys like that it's so easy to be a fan obviously he's you know he's a great guy super talented but to have you know how hard you have to work to be undrafted and just to make the NHL you know, let alone, let alone to put together a great career and and win the cup and play a big role in it. That I can't say enough, like how tough that is, you know, and it speaks to, you know, his perseverance, his his willingness to, to make himself a better player, to do kind of whatever it takes to to land a job. Right. So you you touched on it. Like how do guys get careers, you know, everybody on from that team and this and that, like it's because they're perfect for that role, right. For player development, to teach guys like how to carve out a career for themselves and and you know what it takes and and the ability to you know move up and down the lineup and play whatever role it takes um you know that's why he's got a job he's just perfect for it
1: yeah no for sure and it's it's just great seeing you guys together again and and each episode having someone new come on and and just uh being able to hear from you guys again it's it's been great and we'll keep it going here we're not stopping anytime soon all right we'll see you next week bud all right thanks barrett we'll see you guys next time on cue the memories presented by bud light